As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics. Welcome to 2015, and also welcome to episode 159 of my Wayne's Comics podcast. Thanks so much for listening. This week I thought it'd be a great way to kick off the new year by talking comics with somebody who understands the industry from both sides of the counter, who's a fan as well as someone who sells comics for a living. And that's Pete Casaza from Big Planet Comics in College Park, Maryland. We cover a wide spectrum within the industry, from movies to books to TV programs as well. And I always learn a lot from Pete when I talk with them, and I'm sure you will too. There's a lot to get to, so let's get on with the show. It's always good to start the year off by looking on the front lines, and to help me do that is one of my favorite frontliners, Pete Casaza from Big Planet Comics in College Park, Maryland. How are you doing today, Pete? Pretty good. Good, good. Why don't we go ahead and get started about Marvel? Of course, you know, in days past, in a couple of years, the New 52, DC was giving Marvel a run for their money, but it looks like those days are gone. We're back to Marvel being the uncontested leader. Is that true in your store, too? Is Marvel pretty much the biggest seller? Yeah, it's funny. I was just doing my year-end numbers, and I was looking at the bestsellers. And, you know, it's been pretty even up until recently, I thought. DC books have definitely fallen off more in the last couple months, and Marvel books have really come on strong in the last couple months. Their new titles, Miss Marvel's been doing well all year, but Thor and some of the other books they've just launched have had very strong starts, and everyone's very excited about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So I think the second half of 2014, and I think probably 2015, really will belong to Marvel. Mm. Image books have been very strong also, but Marvel really is the king of sales right now mm. for periodical comics. So the DC books, they've canceled a bunch of books recently, my understanding. Yeah, they too. will be. There's, they've had a lot of books that have been really slow sellers mm-hmm. for a long time, and they've, they've launched a couple of books that really have gone nowhere and done nothing. 
Mm-hmm. You know, Batman's still a good seller. Mm-hmm. All the Batman titles sell well. Justice League still does pretty well. Wonder Woman has been doing okay, but there are a lot of their other titles just really aren't holding up. Some of my image titles and some of the other smaller press stuff are beating some of the DC titles. Huh. So it's definitely a changing market, that's for sure. I mean, periodical sales have definitely been down this year across the board. Mm-hmm. We didn't have any really big hits compared to years past. We had some titles that did very, very well, but not like massive hits. And DC titles in particular, especially in the last couple of months, have been down. But even some of the image books have been launching. You know, some of them have launched very well and done very well, like Wicked and Divine. I think that's a great book and mm-hmm. sales have been strong. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the other books, they're launching a lot of books right now, and it's I think maybe it's too many. Mm-hmm. I was looking at some statistics, and Diamond, according to what I've read, Diamond shipped 499 different titles, comic titles, in November. Wow. 499 in one month. Wow. Obviously, that's a lot of small titles, but still, who's going to be able to stock all that? Who's yeah. going to be able to carry all that? And who's going to be able to read all that month after month? Plus, there's web comics, there's other stuff going on. It's a ton of product. There's a lot of competition for attention. And I mean, the, the great comics, the really good stuff rise right to the top, and everything else is average or below, and it all gets lost together, I think. So what percentage do you think is out there? How much of it is really great, and how much of it is average, and how much is below average? In my opinion, 5 to 10% of the comics being put out there are really decent. Mm-hmm. And then most of them are average. And the stuff that's really below average usually doesn't last more than a couple issues. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of average books. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Or the art's not great. The story's okay. But put it together, and what do you got? You've got a very average book. Mm-hmm. And there's just too much product out there for an average book to survive. survive. And I think also mm-hmm. the problem is that format this 22-page format for 3 or $4, it's hard right now. There's so many good deals on trade books, $10 trade books, or digital trade books, or free web comics that then get collected. Mm-hmm. It's hard for people to, to remember to come in every month for a 22-page story that they read in a couple minutes, mm-hmm. and especially if they don't like paying 3 or $4 for it, mm-hmm. whereas a, a bigger, thicker chunk... I mean, a lot of people wait for the trades, especially on image books and some other books, I mean, Miss Marvel sold very well for us as an issue, mm-hmm. but the Miss Marvel trade, the volume one that just came out in like six weeks ago, has been doing tremendously well for us. Hmm. We're selling that hand over fist. Wow. So the trade format is definitely a good format. I think a lot of people are finally catching on to that. So I always worry um, about that. We still sell more single comics than we sell trades, but compared to 2013, single issues were down mm-hmm. and trade books were up. Hmm. You know, about 10% down on single issues and about 10% up on trade books. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's a wider trend for the industry, but I suspect it might be. Mm -hmm. So do you think that trades might eventually replace the single issues? It's hard to say. I mean, there's always going to be fans for the single issues, and they're always going to sell well if they're really good. The top tier, top 10% or 20% will do well in the single issues. Everything else, I don't know. Maybe you need to come out with like a 36-page story or a 48-page story priced appropriately, but... When you can get you know, a five or six issue collection for between ten and fifteen dollars, mm-hmm. I mean that's a really good deal. People enjoy it, and it gives them enough of the story to really capture them. So I don't know, maybe a format where it comes out a page a week online or a page a day online, and then eventually gets collected into some kind of bound volume. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I don't think anybody knows has the answers right now, but mm-hmm. I don't think the 22 page comic is going to stick around forever. Hmm. 
That's interesting. Do you have any idea if it's not the trade? Do you think it's going to be a bigger comic, or as you're saying, like maybe yeah, I, th- th- I think more story. I think is important. And if one comes that you're looking forward to, you're like, oh, this is just starting to get good. Okay, I see where it's going. I get an idea where it might be going, and then you're done. You know, mm-hmm. you got to wait a month for the next 22 pages. Mm-hmm. So I think that's hard, especially with the price and the inconvenience of actually going to a comic store. It's a little bit easier when you're, you download them and you get them digitally, but then you're paying $3 for something you don't own a, a physical copy of, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure. I don't know, but there's definitely change coming, I think. I mean, Amazon offers really good deals in trade books. Mm-hmm. Kindle has really good deals. Comixology offered periodically has $5 for a trade book that's been out for a number of years. Mm-hmm. So that if you're paying $5 at a special sale price for a digital trade, that's 50 or 100 pages, you know, mm-hmm. and then they pay $3 for 22 pages of new material. Mm-hmm. That's kind of tough. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit about because you, you're talking about a larger book. Because right now, Marvel sells nothing less than three ninety nine an issue. There's exactly, some, yeah. S- some more, and, and some, of course, most of their better books do well, and some of them have more pages. But mm-hmm. it's an issue. Yeah, because see, like for example, there's a book called Mimetic that came out from Boom, and it was four ninety nine. It was a three issue miniseries. James Tyne on the fourth did it, and I was kind of looking at that and thinking, I really want to see sales numbers on that to see how it did, because he's taking a chance doing the larger books in a four ninety nine format like that, especially in a miniseries. And do you remember or have any idea how that book did in your store? Well, it did okay. Mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of interesting, but. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there's so much product coming out, it's hard to judge. We sold a few copies, but the end of the year was slow for comic sales, mm-hmm. and there's so much product coming out, it didn't really register too high in my store. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of the boom books, I thought, were pretty interesting this year, mm-hmm. but the individual issues just didn't sell very I mean, most of them were lucky to get into the double digits. The, the best-selling boom book, the Kaboom stuff, their kids' line is doing very well. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing solid growth with that and solid sales with that. Mm-hmm. But their regular Boom stuff, mm-hmm. you know, even like Damon, I really enjoyed Damon, but mm-hmm. we only got a couple issues of that. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to judge if you're selling 15 or 20 of those issues when they come out once every three months or so, mm-hmm. if the book is really doing well. The trade's done fairly well for us again, but mm-hmm. there's such a long gap between issues. It's hard to tell, and it takes people a while to find stuff. That's the thing, is that so much material coming out, there has to be a little bit of buzz or interest, or they have to be looking around, Mm -hmm. and it has to be on the shelf. My store, I have the space to rack about 280 or so Mm -hmm. new comic facings, Mm -hmm. but if you're getting three or 400 new comics a month, I can't show them all, Mm -hmm. and the stuff I don't give a facing to doesn't sell very well. People Mm -hmm. sign up for it, they ask for it in advance. I put a few copies out in the miscellaneous section, mm-hmm. and then after a week or two, there's no facing for it. So the people have to come in and look for it or dig through my miscellaneous piles to mm-hmm. find it. Mm-hmm. So they don't do very well in that format. Mm-hmm. You know, they need a facing. If I leave books out for one or two months with a facing, they tend to do okay. But as soon as I bury them in a pile of miscellaneous comics, mm-hmm. the sales numbers just tank. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting to me because I was just sitting thinking, you know, what if you made more room for all these new titles? Would you still make money off of them? Is the general quality, we were talking before about the fact that it might be, the general quality may not be that much. So if somebody's producing like 500 books a month, all these people are doing that. 
but the quality's not all that great. Maybe the market will not support that kind of thing, and maybe you're doing the right thing by only picking and choosing which ones you think are the ones that'll sell the best. Yeah, and it's hard. In general, the quality of the books is pretty good. It's just pretty good in cutting it right now, though. I don't think there's that many terrible books out there. Mm-hmm. You know, all these books from all these smaller press guys and a lot of the, the publishers, even some of the Dark Horse books, I think they are, they're, they're decent, mm-hmm. but nobody's coming in to buy them. Mm. I give them a rack facing for, you know, especially Dark Horse, give them a facing for six, seven weeks, mm-hmm. and then in the time I sell three copies. Nice. There's somebody else coming in angling for that spot, and, and I can sell six. Basically, if I can't sell two or three copies off the rack, mm-hmm. you're going to lose your rack spot because there's so much other material coming in. Mm-hmm. There was a time when 280 facings, that was everything or mm-hmm. pretty much anything worth carrying. Mm-hmm. And that, like, comic publishers like Titan, they're putting out some comics that are pretty interesting, mm-hmm. but it's hard to give them a facing for very long and it's hard for people to find them in the stores. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to order them. Out. Like, I can't order five to 50 copies of 500 comics a month mm-hmm. and go broke because there's no way everybody's going to buy all that stuff. So I'm ordering ones and twos, seeing what happens, and if nobody asks for more, I stop carrying it, and then people will come in and they'll say, "Hey, do you have this?" I'm like, "No, but I can order it for you." Every week, they're like, "Oh, never mind." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's no incentive for me to carry it on the shelf because people aren't coming in for it on a regular basis, and they don't want me to special order it for them. So it's hard right now. There's a combination of the economics, so people are busy, mm-hmm. and there's just a lot of stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I, I keep running into people who are starting up new comic companies. There's, uh, I've been, yeah. you know, like Think Alike Productions down in Florida, they do a thing called The Agency. And then there's Future Dude, and they're making three or four different comics. And there's all different ones. There's Max Hunter, Snowfall, which is another that's supposed to blossom into a whole series of books. It's great because Kickstarter can support them. They can get money and more mm-hmm. to get the books. But the question is, does the market support that? I always wonder, you know, how many stories we missed out on before Kickstarter came around, which was able to support people making this, the books that they do. But my fear now is is that even though everything's really terrific, you know, how can we, like you're in your situation, you have to go through and pretty much know your clientele and be able to order things based on what you think they're going to want. And that's a difficult precognition that you have to do with that. When you see like new comics companies coming up, do you have like a criteria that you judge them by? No, I mean, until we see the book, they send us, sometimes they'll send us advanced copies or PDFs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And not only is it comics, but there's also this print-on-demand stuff for trade books and really small press stuff from really individuals instead of, like, small companies, but individuals doing stuff. And the quality of that, like, I go to the Small Press Expo in Bethesda, Maryland every year, and mm-hmm. the quality of the books there is phenomenal now. Mm-hmm. I mean, the color, full-color, well-printed, fully-bound, thick books, mm-hmm. they're great. Mm-hmm. And they're able, people are able to produce five or 20 or 30 copies. They don't have to worry about doing a print run now of 1,000 copies or 500 copies or even 100 copies. Mm-hmm. And it allows the quality to be really high, and a lot of young artists and writers get some good work out there mm-hmm. on their own without the whole comic company behind them. So, yeah, I don't know where the market's going. I mean, the simple mm-hmm. fact between Kickstarter and print-on-demand, people are putting out some good quality work, but there's no marketplace for people to see it besides, I guess, festivals and comic conventions and mm-hmm. artist alleys. I think those seem to be where all that stuff is going. And you can do really well at an artist alley, certain shows, 
but it's certainly outside the view of the comic store. In the comic store, basically the owner or the people who work there have to find and hunt stuff they like and bring it in and stock it Mm -hmm. and tell people about it and sell it to them because they like it. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of it. I mean, 499 image, that's just through Diamond. Mm -hmm. Plus there's dozens of and hundreds of people doing stuff that doesn't go through diamond. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can fill a whole store full of stuff that doesn't go through diamond. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a weird market. Mm-hmm. Even stores that are super indie-friendly and have a lot of indie books, they still carry a smattering of the mainstream superhero books, certainly the best-selling ones. Mm-hmm. But once you get off the top 20, 30 sellers, what do you carry? What do you fill your store with? Well, you can't have everything. Mm-hmm. So you have to make some choices, and maybe it supports more stores because every store has a little different, and it gives it every store to have a different flavor to it. But mm-hmm. you also need people coming into these stores to buy stuff to keep them all afloat. So, yeah, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting time, mm-hmm. that's for sure. Well, it was interesting because one of the great things about your store, and I've always preached this to folks, is that you guys read the products as much as you can, and when you have clients that are, and customers that come in, when you start to find out what it is they like, you can recommend things to them. I was in a store, and the guy sat behind the computer at the, the, up the desk the whole time, and there was a store full of stuff. I mean, just books and books and books, tons of them. And I literally looked around, and I thought, how in the world do I have any idea what I'm going to enjoy? And so I really thought that I, I, was, I felt like saying to the guy, can you come out from behind the counter and tell us what's good here? Because we need to know if we're going to buy anything. So we ended up buying nothing because we did not know what to get. It's tough for us, too, because we have to read mm-hmm. all this stuff in a week or two. People come in one and say, oh, there's 10 new titles. Like, well, I've only had a chance to read five of them. Mm-hmm. And of that five, this one was the best. Mm-hmm. But come back next week and I'll have a chance to read five more except that there's 10 new ones that come the next Wednesday that I don't have a chance to read all of those. So it takes us a few weeks to get through stuff. And even if you have three or four people reading different stuff, we'll kind of go through and try to point out the best. Uh, we got a book in last week or the week before, Rocket Salvage, I think is a boom title. And that was pretty neat. One of our guys, John Redding, said, hey, everybody needs to check this book out. It's pretty fun. It's got great art, good storytelling, and it's pretty fun. And we all looked at it and said, oh, yeah, it is good. But, you know, we only got a few copies, and we sold those few, so now we're trying to get a few more. Mm-hmm. But you only have a couple of days to do that, because there's a whole other avalanche of stuff coming in the next week. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it makes it hard. I mean, it's important to do that, to try to find the best stuff to point out to your customers, mm-hmm. how you stay in business. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there's just a lot of stuff for everyone to keep up with. Mm-hmm. Well, that's in a way, we're, we've never had a better time in the comics industry. We have more variety, I think, than we've ever had before. So much good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I just think if there was a way to support it all, <laughs> you know, you talk about stocking. If you can't stock it, how can people afford to buy it all? You know, we, we can't afford to buy all those books. And the production quality is really good. The coloring work mm-hmm. is really nice. The paper quality is good. Mm-hmm. Everything looks professional. And mm-hmm. some of the stories are pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's a question of whether the creative people behind it can keep on a regular pace yeah. and whether they can get some attention in a very competitive marketplace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we get back to Marvel for a couple of minutes? You were mentioning something sure. that I wanted to follow up on because you were talking about how the Thor book was selling well because we've switched over to a female Thor, pretty much. And you were mm-hmm. saying that Absolutely. that book is selling pretty well. It's other doing book- great. How are the other books doing, like the Black Captain America and Tony Stark, uh, Superior Iron Man? How are those doing as well? Those are doing very well also. I have a theory, well, two theories really. Mm-hmm. One is that if you do a really good movie about a character, it seems to kill interest in a book. 
because I tell you, Captain America and Iron Man sales have been really weak hmm. for the last two years. Mm-hmm. And I think it's personal theory. Having really good movies satisfied people for a while. They come in and pick up a trade now and again, but they really got the gist of the characters and didn't need to read them on a monthly basis. But by switching things up a little, especially with making Falcon the new Captain America, I mean, sales have gone up like three or four times easily. Hmm. And the superior Iron Man, I thought, the first issue was a little weak, mm-hmm. but the second and third issues I thought were really good, and sales have responded. They have definitely more than doubled hmm. from what Iron Man, because Iron Man was a pretty weak seller for the last two years. Hmm. And so both of those things have done really well. Mm-hmm. And I especially think the, the Captain America... It's the same thing when Bucky the Winter Soldier was capped and Steve Rogers was dead. Sales mm-hmm. in that book were sky high, and then mm-hmm. when Steve Rogers came back, they slowly over time kind of started to fade. And in the last year and a half, they've been really, really since basically since they started the all new Marvel line. Mm-hmm. The one book that didn't perform well under that banner was Captain America. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because like the story right before they switched the Falcon being capped. Mm-hmm. was really good. Like the six, the 10 issues before that were really good. Mm-hmm. Started getting people interested. But now with, with Falcon as Cap, it's, it's even 10 times as good. Hmm, interesting. Well, I got to ask you because the rumor is, and then this may be confirmed, I don't know. I, all I know is a rumor, is that Marvel is going to move all their books in 2015 over into the movie universe. Are you in favor of that? Do you prefer they wouldn't do that? What's kind of your feeling about that possibility? I don't know. I hadn't heard that before. It seems unlikely to me because they have such a strong history, Mm -hmm. but nobody knows what's going to happen in May and June with this whole time runs out thing and this whole battle world and what's going to come after that. I don't know. I mean, I can see pros and cons. If you move it into the movie universe, it's got a much wider appeal because people could come in only seen the movies and pick up something and they kind of recognize what's going on. But you're also basically jettisoning 75 years of history, mm-hmm. which, as from DC's example, is a perilous, perilous example that mm-hmm. angers a lot of people. I mean, mm-hmm. the movies are very different and very simplified version of the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. That just jettison all that history and depth, I think, is a big problem. So, I don't know. I tend not to believe it. I tend mm-hmm. to think that long-term, that's probably not a good thing. Okay. But... I mean, they're launching a lot of new titles that are good and interesting, mm-hmm. and they want to bring us a lot of integration between the TV show, S.H.I.E.L.D., and the movies, and the comics. So they seem to be heading in that direction in some form. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this week sees the release of a S.H.I.E.L.D. comic book that's mm-hmm. based on the TV show mm-hmm. characters, mm-hmm. for the most part, integrating into the regular Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. So it seems like it's got possibilities. Mm-hmm. So it seems like they're going to try to have a foot in both worlds, I think, mm-hmm. kind of weave the two together, maybe at least judging just by this one issue of S.H.I.E.L.D., the comic. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. What do you think of the show while we're on that subject? I think the show's phenomenal. Oh, yeah. um, okay. The first season I thought was pretty weak up until the last three episodes. Mm-hmm. And since those last three episodes, the show's been fantastic. I've loved every episode this season. Mm-hmm. and think it's a great show, and it's great for comics too i think hmm. well you know abc is uh, is owned by the disney parent company and so you know the good news is is that even though the ratings weren't all that great towards the end of last season they had enough faith in it and you know they're they're it's like renting from your sister you know they, they it was probably inexpensive to keep the show going are you looking forward to agent carter 
I am very much so. I enjoyed her character in the cat movies, and I think the show could be really great. I love the idea of it setting you know back in the forties and fifties and the founding of Shield and the time women lived in through being discriminated against and given no credit at all. Mm -hmm. I think uh, it has a lot of possibilities to really deal with a lot of issues Mm -hmm. that were important back then or important now. So plus, seems like it's going to be a lot of fun, which Mm -hmm. is really the most important part, I think, too. We've always talked about the fact that the, the Walking Dead TV show helps the Walking Dead comic because when people, when a new season comes on, all of a sudden there's this rush to get the very first trade paperback to kind of get the lay of the land from that kind of stuff. And I wonder how much the impact's going to be with the comic. It's going to be interesting for me to watch going forward. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Walking Dead's been a huge hit that way. Mm-hmm. It's really driven a lot of people to comic stores and to buy the trade books. Mm-hmm. and the big compendiums they've done. Mm-hmm. Marvel really hasn't had that much success driving that kind of product, you know, comic product, through their movies and TV shows. It's success, and certainly there's a lot of interest in Civil War and the, the Civil War comic, and now Civil War having to do with the Cat movie coming up. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's definitely driven some interest in the trade books and, mm-hmm. and the comics, but not as thoroughly as uh, Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Walking Dead has been truly, uh, you know, a grand slam in the, mm-hmm. in the sense of driving mainstream people into comic stores and bookstores to mm-hmm. find these books, to buy them in large numbers. Mm-hmm. Well, while we're on that subject, what do you think about the spinoff that's coming? It's going to be based in Los Angeles, they're saying. Do you think that's going to help the comics? Do you think they might make a comic based on a TV show? Well, what's your feeling about that? I don't know. I think it's probably good television. I think it's going to make for good television, give them something to do where nobody's going to be able to jump ahead, you know, at all and see some of the stuff that's already happened in the comics. Mm-hmm. So it gives them a fresh take. I don't know if, if, if it does well. I think they'll probably do some kind of comic version of that. Mm-hmm. But generally, comics based on a pre-existing TV show don't do as well because mm-hmm. they tend to work better. Like if they start as comics and then get adapted for TV and movies, they tend to work a little better than the reverse, but you never know. Mm-hmm. It could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Walking Dead as a, in total has been a phenomenon. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, so lots of all kinds of product, action figures and pop <laughs> figures, mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. So anything's possible. It certainly is a juggernaut for inter- people's interest in sales. So mm-hmm. um, I'm open to any of these ideas, especially <laughs> when they tell good stories, yeah. whether it's in TV, movies, or comics. If they're telling a good story, I'm interested. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. Let's get back to D.C. for a minute. We talked a little bit about the fact there was sort of a big bloodletting that had gone on. And in the middle of that, something was canceled that fascinated me. Because one thing that D.C. has been doing in order to prop up their products is to go big on Batman. You know, Mm -hmm. all kinds of Batman books. One of them actually got canceled in that bloodletting, and that was Arkham Manor. And I hated the art in that book. The, the, the concept was kind of a stretch to me. The Arkham Asylum was gone, and all, all this stuff was moved over into Wayne Manor, and thus became Arkham Manor. I hated the chin that was on Batman, this huge <laughs> chin that I just couldn't stand. And now, just a couple issues in, it's already been canceled, which, like, all the other Bat books are, seem to be going on reasonably well. Batgirl's been reimagined. Uh, we've got the Gotham Academy, which is aiming at younger readers and things like that. Was that justified with Arkham Manor, and how are the other new Bat books doing? The other books are doing well. Not quite as strong as I thought they would be, but they're still doing well, and they still seem to be gaining readers. Again, I think they'll do well in the trade. Arkham Manor, I think, was interesting, and comics is very much about the art, and the art can turn people off. Mm-hmm. 
But the creative people behind that, I forget which one, but one of them has just gone exclusive with Marvel. Oh. And so I think the book had a rocky start. And I think with him leaving to work at Marvel, I think DC just decided to cancel it just because he's leaving at some point, definitely, and he's working for Marvel. And it just it wasn't a breakout super book immediately. So I think... And there are a lot of bad books out there, and I think I think maybe they just pulled the plug for a couple of reasons. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of books they're launching that I think are pretty good that aren't huge hits right now, but they seem to be gaining. I think the problem I feel with DC was they launched New 52, mm-hmm. and all their books had a similar tone. Mm-hmm. All 52 of them kind of were dark. They were action-oriented and dark and somewhat violent. And some of them were good and stood out, and some of them were okay, again, but they were all the same. Mm-hmm. And even as they started losing titles, they didn't bring anything in that had a hugely different tone. Mm-hmm. And I think now they're doing that with Gotham Academy and the new Batgirl mm-hmm. and some of the other books that launched, and they finally got the message that, hey, we need to mix up the tone. Every book can't be have the same in tone. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to help, and I think that's where they're going. And Arkham Manor, I think, was a dark book. I don't think it was a different book than they're telling in several other of the Batman. I mean, if you count the encounter, I mean, there's at least 10 books that deal with Batman characters. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot. You really, Batgirl and Gotham Academy are different in tone. Mm-hmm. And certainly in Gotham Academy, Batman's in the very, very background. Mm-hmm. So I think you can get away with that. And the other Gotham book they launched, Gotham by Midnight, I think, while it's dark, it's more supernatural. Mm-hmm. So I think you could sort of get away with that. Mm-hmm. But Arkham Manor, that was more of a regular kind of Batman book, mm-hmm. sort of. You know, I don't think it was different enough mm-hmm. in a field where there are a lot of Batman books already. What about like Gotham at Midnight? It's pretty neat, I think. It's, mm-hmm. you know, again, a slightly different take. Batman's not really the main character. Gotham is, mm-hmm. and a lot of the strange stuff that happens there. Mm-hmm. It's more of a supernatural book. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, there's room to tell stories in Gotham that don't involve Batman as much. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Batman, of course, one of the Bat titles that they've been doing this year is Batman Eternal, which is a weekly. And DC has gone really big into weeklies, like Future's End and Earth 2 has a weekly book coming out, and there's other books all in it. How have the weeklies done in your store? You know, I've been saying that sales for DC books haven't been that great. The one exception is those weekly books. They are all doing very well. Hmm. Batman Eternals is a bestseller, hmm. but the other books are holding up. People hmm. are buying. I thought after three or four issues, people would lose interest. Mm-hmm. But no, the sales have been really steady. They've maintained. They come out every week like they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. And people are coming in. Maybe they don't come in every week, but they come in every three or four weeks, and they buy them all. Mm-hmm. So sales have held up very well over Batman Eternal now to issue 40, I think. Something like that, yeah. Somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, they've been huge hits. Mm-hmm. I mean, considering they come out weekly and people are still buying them all, and I happen to like them all. I happen to like probably Batman Eternal, I think, is really good. Mm-hmm. Then Future's End, I think, is pretty good. But mm-hmm. Earth 2, I think, is the surprise one. I had no faith in that book. Mm-hmm. And I think it's great because... They're destroying the world, and Darkseid's coming to destroy them all. Mm-hmm. And so they're telling a great story, and they have the freedom to do anything. Mm-hmm. And it's a really strong story. Right. Well, I'm glad to hear that, because they went whole hog back into that. And I, I loved weekly books. You know, when they had mm-hmm. uh, when 52 came out, and then the Countdown on these other ones, I really loved them all. I love being able to go every week and getting at least one really good book every week. 
And I'm glad to hear that. Maybe if DC's listening, they ought to, because <laughs> they're supposedly bringing them all to an end. And yet the thing of it is, if this is successful, they need to consider getting back into that because uh, obviously it's doing very. Yeah, I, you know, I like I said, I was very, very doubtful, especially doing three of them. I thought maybe one weekly book would be, but three. I'm like, you're crazy. That's never going to work. And <laughs> from my point of view, it's worked very well. I'm very happy with the result. And yeah, they all wrap up. And two of them are wrapping up in the May June area. Mm-hmm. I hope they come up with another one. I'd like to see two regular weekly books, I think, from mm-hmm. them, because the Earth 2 one has a ways to go. It's mm-hmm. just started. I'd like to see them do another one, because there's a lot of potential in them, apparently. Oh, fascinating. Well, I'm glad to hear that, because I was always nervous. I read The Batman Eternal, being a big old Scott Snyder and Batman fan, and I've loved the book. And I was just curious as how the other ones were doing, because I knew the, that one was doing well, because, you know, when Mr. Snyder's involved with Batman, it's always going to do well. Yeah, yeah, Batman always sells, and that's a safe one to try. <laughs> But from my point of view, the other two are doing very well for us. Excellent. Very steady the whole way through. Wow, well, that's good. You know, maybe that's a trend mm-hmm. that uh, they can benefit from, which is a good thing. As much as I doubt it, it, it might be something worth exploring. <laughs> it's, it's just amazing to me. Well, why don't we wrap up on 2014? If you had to pick, like, books that surprised you or pleased you in 2014 from any of them, if you wanted to recommend to people, because you guys are good at this, are there several books that you would like to, in 2014, recommend that people go back to if they haven't started reading them already? It's funny, because the single best issue I read in all of 2014 just came out recently, mm-hmm. and it was from D.C. Mm. I've been reading the Multiversity oh. um, one-shots, mm-hmm. and the Thunderworld one that just came out two weeks ago mm-hmm. was great. Oh, really? The perfect. It was, mm-hmm. For me, it was like the perfect comic. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily want to read it every month, mm-hmm. but like a miniseries with it was awesome. It was beautiful art, gorgeous, gorgeous art, and a mm-hmm. great, compelling story that I thoroughly enjoyed. And it was great for young kids and full-grown kids mm-hmm. because I thought it was really fun. Mm-hmm. It was really good. Mm-hmm. And it was a perfect combination of story and art fitting together perfectly and telling a fantastically great story in one single issue. Mm-hmm. So that, for me, was the best single comic. Hmm. I've also enjoyed Wicked and Divine mm-hmm. from Image. I think it's a great series. I highly recommend that mm-hmm. to people. Uh, it's another one like Saga. You don't know where they're going, mm-hmm. but they can do anything with it, and it seems like they're going to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. There were several others that I really enjoyed. They're not at the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rat Queens was one I really enjoyed mm-hmm. also, but mm-hmm. they've had some issues recently and it hasn't been coming out as a previous week. Mm-hmm. Like. But that was another series that the more I read it, the more I liked it, and the more I got invested with the characters. Mm-hmm. At first, it didn't seem that deep, but the more you got into it, the more you really liked it. Mm-hmm. So I like checking out all of Image's stuff because mm-hmm. a good two-thirds of it, I think, is really promising. Mm-hmm. And some of it doesn't turn out the way I personally would like, or it gets a little too dark and grim mm-hmm. for me, mm-hmm. but I think they do a lot of interesting stuff. And Miss mm-hmm. Marvel is great. I uh, highly recommend that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new Thor I'm enjoying. Mm-hmm. I think all the companies have something good to check out. Mm-hmm. Bumber James from Boom, I thought was great this year. It's another mm-hmm. one that appeals to little kids and mm-hmm. adults. Mm-hmm. It reaches right across. It's mm-hmm. uh, one of our best-selling books from Boom. It mm-hmm. comes to through Kaboom, but mm-hmm. definitely outsells even like Adventure Time, which at one time was one of our top-selling books. Mm-hmm. So the numbers of Adventure Time have, slowed, have fallen, and Lumberjanes has really done very well for us. Hmm. Well, that's interesting, because like, some people are big into sex criminals, 
Some people are. Mm-hmm, and, sure, that's a great one. And you mentioned Saga. Is Saga, is that still chugging along at the rate? Unbelievable. I mean, mm-hmm. the issue sales of that have definitely fallen off for us, mm-hmm. but the fourth trade book just came out last week or mm-hmm. two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I got a large number of them, very large, and I've already sold through two-thirds of them wow. in like two weeks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's a permanent, great big audience for that book. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they're going away anytime soon. Cool. You know, one book, I think, over time could match Walking Dead in reaching new people or people who aren't regular comic readers. Mm-hmm. I think Saga is one of those books. Cool. I think it's just, it's so different mm-hmm. and it's so interesting. And it seems to speak to people who don't like superheroes or don't like regular, what they feel on comics. Mm-hmm. It definitely breaks the mold of what the average American thinks of as a comic book. Mm-hmm. And I think it really engages women and men, young people and older people. I think it's a great book and has a lot of potential for broad appeal. Mm-hmm. Now, before we leave 2014 completely behind, I did want to ask you what you thought of the other comic-based TV shows, like, for example, Gotham on Fox, and The Flash, and The Arrow on CW, and Constantine on NBC. Have you watched them? Any impressions on them? I think they're all pretty good. I have a lot of problems with Gotham, Mm -hmm. being a huge Batman fan. Mm -hmm. I think they need to find their footing. Kind of like I didn't like the first season of S.H.I.E.L.D. that much. Mm -hmm. I think Gotham needs to find its footing and focus Mm -hmm. either on the police, or on Bruce, or on Penguin, not like all three. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's working that way. Mm-hmm. Either ignore Bruce Wayne completely or really focus on him. Mm-hmm. So uh, that one is probably the weakest flash. I think it's phenomenal. <laughs> I really enjoy that show. That's mm-hmm. the one I personally enjoy the most. Mm-hmm. Arrow's good it, mm-hmm. and I like that they can do anything in that show and they are taking advantage of that. Mm-hmm. So you never know what's going to happen and who's going to get killed and what's going to happen. So it's, mm-hmm. it's really good that way. But mm-hmm. Of all of them, I, I think Flash is my most favorite. It's got some youthful enthusiasm. It's oh. not as dark and as grim as the other ones, and I think there's some fun to it, but it's not totally irrelevant, too. It's just not a goof. And there's a lot of character development and plot development over time, I think, mm-hmm. it looks like. And so that one, for me, is definitely the standout. Cool. Cause, well, I, I have to agree with you on that one. I, I happen to like Gotham because, I'm, as a Batman fan, I like seeing these different elements involved. But The Flash, to me, is what I always wished a superhero TV show would be like. They can actually yeah, do, do the effects and do them extremely well. They don't seem silly at all. I remember when The Flash show a long time ago came on CBS and they struggled. Mm-hmm. And now, it's, it, of course, see, this is where it's great. It's on the CW where if it got probably the same ratings that it's getting on the CW, if it was on CBS, it would probably be deemed a failure. But it's a huge success on the CW because of that. Yeah, I mean, they had the show, the episode where they showed Firestorm appear, yeah. Ronnie Raymond, and he flew off, yeah. and the flight flying looked fantastic. Yeah. I totally believed it. It was yeah. totally... And, you know, 10 years ago, they couldn't have pulled that off. There's right. no way they could have made that look good. Right. The way technology is now, the way computers is integrated so seamlessly into TV production, mm-hmm. it looked phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I love the effects. Mm-hmm. I love everything they do about that show. Oh, I completely agree. The Flash is just a, a huge hit. And, of course, Supergirl now is coming, and, and the Teen Titans are supposedly coming, and Krypton's going to be on sci-fi, so there's a whole bunch of these other things. You just have to wonder what Marvel's going to bring in besides Agent Carter. There's a whole Marvel universe out there. Of course, they've got Netflix that's got all that stuff on it. A lot of people are interested. Yeah, I'm really excited about the Netflix. I will say I do enjoy Constantine. I don't know that it's quite as compelling, but it's really good for being on NBC. I think mm-hmm. it's pretty decent. Mm-hmm. And it's done a pretty good job. I think it would have been better if it was on HBO or AMC, but mm-hmm. for being on a network show, I think it's pretty decent. So mm-hmm. 
I'm hopeful that all of these new shows from DC and Marvel, mm-hmm. the Netflix ones from Marvel, are good. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty excited about the, the Netflix ones because mm-hmm. I think those have potential to, to be good. Mm-hmm. And I think some of the DC ones would be interesting. I want to see, you know, the pilot first before I judgment. But I think they've kind of figured this out now to a certain degree, how to make a pretty good TV show mm-hmm. and how to make a pretty good movie based on comic material. And definitely all the ones that launched this year, I think, were way above things we've seen in the past. Mm-hmm. Smallville was pretty good, mm-hmm. but the stuff coming up now is way, way better than Smallville. <laughs> I I sometimes wish I was a kid again so I could enjoy these as a kid. Mm. You know, because I was a kid. This is the kind of stuff I would have loved to have seen on my television. I would have just adored this. So, you know, it's a great yeah, time. In those, and, Chris, let, let's move into 2015. You know, we've got the Avengers movie coming out with Ultron. We've got uh, a whole bunch of other things coming. Ant-Man's going to come out. Based on how Guardians did, you know, I, I thought Guardians was going to be a big bomb because nobody knew these characters. Even though it had the Marvel Studios name attached to it, I was afraid that it was just going to bomb all. And now, of course, everybody who thought Guardian was going to fail now has transferred over to Ant-Man, saying Ant-Man's going to fail. And after Guardians, I'm much more hesitant to try and, and prognosticate about this kind of stuff, because we know Avengers 2 is going to do very well. Avengers cleaned everybody's clocks, first one. And the second one, I expect, because of Ultron being a popular villain, that's going to do extremely well. I'm just curious what you think how Ant-Man, the movie, is going to do. I feel like Marvel's figured this out, mm-hmm. so... I don't know that it's going to be their best movie they've ever done, but I think it'll be decent. Mm-hmm. I was also surprised by Guardians. I thought it would be pretty good, but mm-hmm. I actually enjoyed it a lot more. Mm-hmm. The characters of Groot and Rocket, I knew they were pushing them, but I really wound up enjoying them. Mm-hmm. And Drax. Drax was fantastic in that mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. So I hope the same thing is true for Ant-Man. I mm-hmm. hope that although it seems dubious and they've had people leave and some production issues and I think they've kind of figured it out. I think they have a balance of the, the danger and the darkness and the lightheartedness and mm-hmm. the comedy. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty positive. I don't know that it'll be a huge hit, mm-hmm. but I can't imagine it's going to be terrible. Mm-hmm. It may be terrible compared to you know Avengers 2, which is going to be an unbelievable juggernaut. Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. still think it's going to be a decent movie. You know, I think they have the money and the right people. I mean, there's so many truly terrible movies that come out. <laughs> and if you judge them as movies, yeah. I think... All the Marvel ones are going to be above average. Mm-hmm. Even if it isn't the best movie you ever saw, mm-hmm. I think it's above average. Well, that's good. You know, there was that little skit that Saturday Night Live did when they had the guy who played Star-Lord on there. They did the skit about how Marvel could make a movie out of anything and make it a success. don't know if you ever got yeah, to see that. I, I think that might be true. To you a could, I don't think it's quite yeah. exactly true, but it's pretty amazing what they've been able to do with minor characters. Yeah. If you ever get a chance to watch it, it's like five people on a bus. And, you know, they said that would be a big hit. Now, all these, the they Marvel and studios could do no wrong at this point kind of stuff. And, you know, there's a lot of people who actually believe that. And so it, it's like Pixar. When Pixar first came out, it could do no wrong. And it eventually started mm-hmm. doing yeah, le- sure. less than ideal movies. And so eventually they started to go. And, you know, it's going to happen to Marvel Studios. It will, you know, it, it's unrealistic to think that they're always going to have hits every time. But as long as they have a much better win record than, say, other studios in which, you know, so many things, as you're right, so many things come out week by week, and they're just stinkers. You wonder how people could invest millions and millions of dollars to make this junk. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there really aren't a lot of great movies this year. This has been a weak year for movies, in my opinion. So hopefully we see some really good stuff across the board in 2016. 
Yeah, we mentioned a little bit about Marvel and the end of time kind of thing that's coming towards May. And then DC has Convergence, which is going to take place while the offices are moving from New York to Los Angeles. So we're going to see some big events start happening right around the summertime or towards the spring to summer. Do you have any ideas as to how those are going to go? Because I talked with some folks about like how they're going to order Convergence, and they, they're stumped. They don't know exactly what to do because we don't know exactly what's going to happen in these books. And yeah, and it's not on both of them. I think Marvel, you know it's going to do pretty well, and I mm-hmm. think people are really interested. Convergence mm-hmm. is harder because it's kind of a fill-in, mm-hmm. and you don't know what's coming out on the other side, and mm-hmm. it's dealing with not any of the new 52 stuff. Mm-hmm. I think... You know, the people who are still reading DC enjoy the new 52 stuff, and the people who miss the older stuff aren't reading comics as much as they used to. So I don't know that they're going to suddenly show up for Convergence, Mm -hmm. dealing with some of the characters they used to love, Mm -hmm. or the timelines they used to really enjoy. So it's a tough one. Mm -hmm. They're offering us some incentives and ways to get returnability and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, which is good, because Mm -hmm. it is hard to order those. Mm Yeah, I don't know. And it's a filling kind of thing. It isn't going to be a regular thing, so it isn't going to be ongoing. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, the Marvel thing, it's going to affect the Marvel Universe, the whole Marvel Universe, continually. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like people have to read the No More Time and Secret Wars and all that stuff to figure out what's going on forward. Mm-hmm. Whereas Convergence, you could skip Convergence and come back to your regular New 52 books two months later and, mm-hmm. and be fine, mm-hmm. it seems, anyway, at this mm-hmm. point. So I don't know. I really... I really think that's going to be a tough one. I think mm-hmm. I'm going to order on the lower side mm-hmm. and see how the first few issues do and then judge on that. Uh, you know, some of those miniseries, those two-issue miniseries, which is a weird thing anyway, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. seem pretty interesting. And then some of them, I'm like, does anybody care? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Nobody told me they care or they're super excited. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to have to just, from an economic standpoint, be a little more cautious on mm-hmm. Convergent mm-hmm. than I will be on the Marvel stuff, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any other thoughts as we go into 2015? Do you think that we'll see the industry improve? Are there things you're looking forward to happening in 2015? Are, are there things that you don't want to have happen in 2015? I've been seeing in the last couple of years more and more females and young people get back into comics or get into comics for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a trend that will continue. And mm-hmm. I think it's a good trend. I think I know for sure Marvel is definitely definitely going to bring a more diverse, more female group of young and diverse people into the Marvel Universe, they're pushing the Inhumans, and what the Inhumans do is kind of like a new mutant wave almost, Mm -hmm. and they're really going to work with that, with Miss Marvel and other characters, and Spider-Gwen, as they're calling her, Mm -hmm. I don't care for that name so much, but I think Mm -hmm. it's a great hook, and I think that's exciting, and I think DC is getting it with, you know, books like The New Batgirl and Gotham Academy, and Image is just doing a lot of diverse stuff in Boom and Dark Horse. The new books Dark Horse has been launching, the Aliens Universe kind of books with Predator, those have been doing well for us. Those are definitely continuing. So yeah, I'm positive. I think the industry has improved pretty much every year for the last five or ten years. There's been a few soft points, and not every publisher is better, you know, has a great year every year. Mm-hmm. I think since they're all learning, I think they're, they're learning as ways to reach a wider audience, which is what comics need. Mm-hmm. I mean, because of Walking Dead and Saga, mm-hmm. it's definitely proven it's possible mm-hmm. in the Marvel movies. So I think it's definitely driving mm-hmm. them to be better, to reach out to more people, and I think that's good. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of reading about white male superheroes <laughs> um, written by all white males, so mm-hmm. I think it's, mm-hmm. it's good for diversity. Mm-hmm. And as we talked about earlier, the small press stuff and the ease now that people can get stuff on the Internet or do print-on-demand, I think is good for that. People mm-hmm. can say, you know, 
there's a comic character that reminds me of me that I've never seen in comics before, mm -hmm. I'm going to go back and write my own comic mm -hmm. and bring something different to the universe, comic mm -hmm. universe. Mm -hmm. And I think that's great. I think it's very encouraging for the industry as a whole. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. This is one of the best times to be a comic fan, not only because of the comics, but because of the television and the movies. You walk into any store and you see comic-related merchandise all over the place. The yeah, it's, it's crazy being a shunned geek yeah. back in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. It's because that every 7-Eleven and Kmart and Walmart and... Mm -hmm. Every store you go into has mm. some kind of comic-related stuff. It's yeah. crazy. It's amazing. You know, it's really a different universe for us. And every one of those, every shirt with a symbol on it from a comic book is an advertisement for that comic, in my opinion. So we only can see things go up, I think, as things move forward. So I'm looking forward to 2015 as well. Me too. I think there's some really great movies and hopefully some great TV shows. Yeah and some really, really great comics to get people supercharged up. So I'm looking forward to it. Okay, that'll be good. Well, as always, I like to recommend people go to your store and listen to your podcast. So why don't you give us your website address, how do you get a hold of the podcast, and like your store address and phone number. You can find Big Planet Comics on the web, bigplanetcomics.com. We're on Facebook, Big Planet Comics. I mean, we've got four stores in the D.C. area. The podcast you can find on our website, and also on iTunes. We are on iTunes. I work in the store in College Park, Maryland, which is 7315 Baltimore Avenue in College Park, Maryland, right by the University of Maryland. And we have, we're on the web also. You can click on the and get our phone number and directions. And we're just really happy to be able to have stores in the D.C. area. And like you said, it's a great time to be a comic person. So we're just loving it. Well, hope people check it out and get there because your store is a great store to go to and get recommendations from. And I've always enjoyed that. And I think people, if they're like I am, looking for new stuff that you haven't discovered before, Big Planet Comics is a place to go. Well, thanks, Wayne. We really try to help people. And we try to share our joy in comics with people when they come in. So that's great. Thanks. People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy. And I can't do that as Bruce Wayne, as a man. I'm flesh and blood, I can be ignored, I can be destroyed, but it's a symbol. Get the latest from the comics universe. News, interviews, previews, and reviews. Listen to the weekly Wayne's Comics Podcast, so you can keep reading your comics. Now at Majorspoilers.com. that's it for this episode. Be back next week when I'll have another great interview with another wonderful comics creator. But until then, keep reading your comics. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.